Welcome to Bethlehem Covenant Church's sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed as you listen to this message. But we're going to look here at Psalm 23 and all that it means for us today. Psalm 23 says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hmm. Along with John 3.16 and the Lord's Prayer, Psalm 23 is, is arguably one of the most known and beloved scriptures in all of the Bible. The Lord is my shepherd. The image of a shepherd in the Bible is very important. The same word used for shepherd is used for pastor. And all in Bible times, it was the most commonly word used for king. A king was seen as the shepherd of his people, watching over his flock, his nation. David learned a lot about shepherds. He had been one as a boy long before he became king. He learned how to lead a nation by first leading sheep. We read in the Bible that he was in charge of the family sheep, which meant he could be gone for days and weeks as a teenager, just him and God underneath the stars and the skies and having all of these sheep, leading them like a cowboy from one place to another at different seasons. Well, interesting that Moses was also a shepherd for 40 years before leading God's people through the wilderness. In a way, it would seem like this was God's training ground for his most influential leaders. He would put them in charge of sheep for a few years uh, that they would figure out how to lead people. God prepared Moses to lead the Israelites and David to lead his nation by putting both of them in charge of sheep. That was their seminary, you could say, their, their education. And, and sheep are good tests, you know, because they like to wander and they, they get into trouble and they have needs and don't always follow well. They need a shepherd. I think of the scripture there when, when right before the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus looked out at the crowd and the Bible says he had compassion on them. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. When Jesus rose from the dead and right before ascending into heaven, he looked at his leader of his disciples, Peter, and he said, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. The Bible often uses the image and the metaphor of sheep like us. A shepherd has to be firm. He has to be patient and to, to lead his flock. He has to get to know his sheep and that they know him, that they might trust his voice and go where he says go. A shepherd has to know where streams are in the desert, where to find them 
or his sheep will die. He has to know how to fight off prey and willing to put himself at risk to guard them. He has to know when his sheep need rest and he has to know when he needs to push them through a valley or a storm. Sheep need a shepherd. So do people. So did David. David knew the Lord was his shepherd, watching and leading and guiding and protected him as he would protect those sheep and one day as king protect his nation. David told King Saul that just as the Lord had helped him so many times in the past overcome the lion and the bear who would go after his sheep, uh, he knew the Lord would help him now overcome the giant Goliath who preyed on his nation. The lessons he learned as a shepherd were for life. I think about the ways today that God prepares us for the things that he is calling us to do. You know, look back at your life. See how God has put you in places to train you up for what he wants you to do. You know, just like David was being trained as a shepherd to lead a people. I know I was fortunate to be able to go to seminary, and I really did gain a lot from that experience, the knowledge and the classes and those professors. But looking back, I realized that was only one small way that God prepared me to be a pastor or prepared me to the things that I would do in life. He taught me uh, how to love the scripture. He taught me that through my grandma. You know, he, he taught me how to see people and love people through the years of, of loneliness that I experienced as a person often left out or watching others from a distance. He, he trained me to speak or to serve when I was in the youth group and when my youth pastor gave me small tasks to do that, that helped me believe that God could use me. I see the training God did in me in Chicago when I helped with Young Life or a college ministry called Alive. I see the training that I got at, on mission trips or the time when I ran the post office at the college and was in charge of a staff. Looking back, I can see in all of these places how God was preparing me for that which he would have me do. God trains all of us you know, for the things that he asks us to do. It's the lessons we learn in the wilderness with the sheep before we get to the palace with the people. Both Moses and David were trained as shepherds. And so here in Psalm 23, David is saying, the Lord is my shepherd. David is their king, but he knows who his shepherd is. He knows who really watches over his nation and his family. The pastor of pastors, the father of fathers, the king of all kings. The Lord is his shepherd. And he is the good shepherd. John 10 should always be read alongside of Psalm 23. For it says in John 10, 11, that Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The hired hand will abandon them in times of danger, but the good shepherd will not. In John 10, 14, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me. They listen to my voice. I had the, the great privilege and opportunity to meet 
a shepherd in Israel on one of my trips over there. And there are still shepherds in Israel. You see them as you're driving through the wilderness. You see sometimes it'll be a boy. Sometimes it'll be an old Bedouin farmer. But they will be out there with a stick in hand, a staff, and they will be leading their sheep out there in the hillsides. And in meeting this shepherd, the thing that I took away from our conversation was that he said the sheep knew his voice. He didn't have to scream. He'd just call out and they would follow. And they learned to trust his voice. They knew that he was going to take them to where the food and water was. And so all the other voices that were scattered there around them were muted. They had ears for just his. And I want, that spoke to me because I want to get to the point in my life where all the other voices are muted and I just listen to his voice. Where I can recognize in my day between all the different voices in my head and all the voices trying to get my attention in the world saying, come over here, go over there. Or the voice of fear when it speaks, different from the voice of faith. When worry and doubt or the crowd start screaming or calling for my attention, I won't pay it any thought. Because I know my shepherd and his voice is all I need to listen for. He knows what's best for me. He watches over me. He knows where the food and the water is. And his plans for me are, are good. And, and so all I ever need to do is to really listen for his voice among all the other voices. The Lord is my shepherd. Ezekiel 34 is a, another chapter that speaks about the Lord as our shepherd. It is prophecy written long before Jesus came, and it is harsh words for the pastors and priests and religious leaders of that time in Israel, for they hadn't been doing their job. They hadn't been preaching the truth or helping people follow God, and they were supposed to watch over the people and lead them in worship and call them to prayer and call them to obedience to God's word. And they, they hadn't been doing that. They hadn't been doing their jobs. And, and so the people of the nation followed in all their voices to other places. They wandered and into worship of other gods. They got lost out in the world and in the wilderness. And, and so God speaks in Ezekiel 34, and he says, because you didn't do, priests and religious leaders, because you didn't do what you were called to do, I'm going to come down and do it myself. I'm going to shepherd my sheep. I'm going to look after the scattered flock. I'm going to rescue them from all the places that they have wandered. I'm going to bring them back to pasture here on these hills of Israel. I myself will tend to my sheep. I will search for the lost and I will bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. This is prophecy speaking about Jesus and how God is going to come down in the flesh and shepherd his people back to him. And thank God he did this because we need a shepherd alone. We make a mess of our lives, our nations, our world. That's why Jesus said to Peter, you know, 
I'm going to fill you with myself and I want you to take care of my sheep. But the church over 2000 years, we haven't always done a good job of that. As parents watching over our kids and instructed to teach our kids, God, we haven't always done very good at that. But praise God, we're not alone. The Lord is our shepherd and where we fall short, he never does. And he is the good shepherd and he himself goes in search of the lost and he binds up the broken and he carries them back to himself. He is the true shepherd, the true pastor of pastors, the true father of fathers, the true king of of kings and Jesus said he leaves the 99 to go and search for the one that has gone missing this is the shepherd in our life this is the Lord our God you know he won't even let one go lost and stay lost he knows his sheep he loves his sheep he shepherds us Isaiah 40 verse 11 says he tends his flock like a shepherd he gathers the lambs in his arms and gently carries them close to his heart he gently leads those who have young as we read psalm 23 today we can rest assured remembering that our shepherd is watching over us his eye always on us he knows what we need we need to listen for his voice Psalm 23 reveals some important truths I want us to take away today. The first one is this. It says that the Lord is my shepherd, we shall not be in want. The literal translation there is, I lack nothing. With the Lord, we lack nothing. I really want us to get that and to have that wash over our mind today. When we wander away from the Lord and start living out in the world and like the world and following its teachings and ways, well, then we lack many things. <laughs> we, we are in great want. We find ourselves only in a desert. You know, we're not satisfied. We, we don't have peace in our heart. We lack a sense of purpose or joy or identity in knowing who we are. We have a deep loneliness in our heart and even struggle to meet our regular needs. This is what the world provides and these should be wake-up calls for us that if, if we're, we're too much over there then then that's why there is a want in our life a need in our life and for what the world promises it cannot deliver the things of this world are like mirages out in the desert and we're drawn to them to find that there's nothing there but sand and this in the world is full of want and a growing discontentment and despair, and depression, and lusts, and greeds where you're never filled. And, and so when we wander from the Lord, we find lots of want. But Psalm 23 says, when you're a part of his flock, when you're keeping your eyes on your shepherd, when the Lord is your shepherd, you will not be in want. You will lack nothing when you are with him. You will have everything you need, and your cup will overflow. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things will be added as well. The Lord provides and he leads me to pastures and to waters and he protects me from enemies and he, he guides me down the right course of action of where to go. And, and I may not be the smartest or the richest or the prettiest or the most talented or most impressive, whatever, but if I got the Lord, 
I got everything I need. I may be small, but I'm mighty with him. I may be poor, but I am rich in him. I may be weak, but I am strong in him. I may be uneducated to the things all around me, but I got the teacher who lives in my heart and whose spirit will guide me in all truth. I may be in trouble, but I got his peace and power. I may be in prison or persecuted or abandoned like Joseph and Paul and David and Elijah were and my Savior Jesus was. But in every way, I got new life. And with God, nothing is impossible. There is hope in every day. I have seen this reality in this church and in others and in my own life. The devil's going to try to focus me on the want and to pull me away and find an answer out in the world and not within Christ. He's going to try to convince me that I'm lacking or that our resources aren't sufficient or the people. But then God, he just parts the seas. He sends the manna. He tears down the wall. He takes out the giant. He closes the mouth of lions. He raises up prophets and fishermen and tax collectors to speak for him and even kids. He opens prison doors. He heals the sick. He feeds the masses. He calms the storm. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. We need to get that through our head. Whenever the devil comes tempting saying, you're lacking and you're going to fall apart. Somehow, my shepherd always comes through. The money there, the people we need for help at the time we need it, the open door. In our lust and greed and impatience or pride, we may want it, be tempted to want it faster or different than what God will provide, but it's only a mirage. Don't fall for it. We may compare what we have to others and be tempted to think the grass is greener somewhere else, but again... The devil's trying to trick you. That's just our lack of faith. If we would just open our eyes, we would see that we have everything he wants us to have. The Lord is our shepherd. We lack nothing. We have to stop living in an attitude of want and instead a spirit of thankfulness and trust. He will give you everything you need, every day that you need it, to do everything he has called for you to do for him. He is our good shepherd. Psalm 23, second, does a good job of helping us think about the different places in life that we go with God. There are the green pastures, there's the quiet waters, and we wish these two were every day of our life, but they aren't. Everybody loves green pastures and quiet waters. They're the joys of our life. But sometimes our Lord leads us down to, it says here also, paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Sometimes he leads us down these paths that are meant to be growth in our life and challenge and refining. And, and that can be work, you know, like switchbacks on a mountain. This is where we learn. This is where we grow. This is where we gain ground. And it, that can be long and that can be hard and that can be tiring. But this is where we learn the lessons that we need or the, the times when God cleanses us out of the things that aren't good for us. These are the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. This is the path of where we learn surrender and find new life, you know, in new places and new ways. 
you know. And at times during these paths, we, they might be scary at times or we might want to turn around or try to take a shortcut, but that only leads to traps or lack of growth and in our faith or, or it leads to pain. And, but the Lord, we got to know this, the Lord, our shepherd, he will never lead us down a path that isn't good for us. You know, it may be tough, it may be long, it may be the hardest thing you've ever had to do, but he will help you, and in the end, you're going to see it. He is making you new. He is making you into the image of his son. He is making you into a greater vessel for his glory and our good, and, and those paths are leading to the pastures and to the waters, so keep going. You will get there. But besides the paths of righteousness, another place here that it mentions is the valleys, the valleys of the shadow of death, the valleys of, of darkness, it says. And, and our life will have to enter and go through some of those. Oh, man, we wish it wasn't true, but it is. But what David is saying here is that our shepherd walks with us through the valleys where grief lives, where fear lives, where we're tempted to despair, or get lost. Every valley he goes with us, his rod and his staff, they comfort us. Protect us from the predators who live in the shadows or the thieves who hide out in there. In those dark nights that we got to go through in life, in those lonely times, those broken places or losses, how we need the Lord and his comfort and his people and his promises and, and encouragement and, and light to guide our way. You see, not every day or month is a green pasture. Sometimes it's a long path or a dark valley that our shepherd's going to lead us through. Everybody loves the Lord in the green pasture, but do you love him and do you trust him in the long paths of righteousness where you don't understand everything he's doing or the valleys where you can't see? You just got to trust him through it. And I would ask you to think about where are you at right now? Which place are you in? I think it's important that we contemplate where we're at as a church or a person or country or a world. Where are we at today? Are we in the green pastures, the still waters, the paths of righteousness? Or the valleys? And where is he maybe leading? When God delivered Israel out of Egypt, he had Moses lead them through the wilderness to the promised land. And as the people, they had to go through all four of these places. The long paths, the weary days, the dark valleys. They cried out to Moses at times, just take me back to Egypt. They wanted a shortcut back to places that God, you know, wanted to move them from. They were to press on now. And at times they scattered in the valleys instead of staying close to their shepherd. At times they got complacent at the still waters and instead of continuing to move on to the next. And I guess for all of us, we just need to be aware of where we're at and where our shepherd may be taking us next. Third point I want to make on Psalm 23 is that up until recently, I never really understood what verse 5 meant. When it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know, I'd read that and I thought it just didn't fit with the rest. You know, I, I started to think like, why would anyone want to sit at a table with their enemies? How is this a comforting thought or is it meant to be? I mean, what does it mean you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies? You know, well, quite recently I learned what this verse means. It, this verse is talking about. Forgiveness and reconciliation with the people in our life. The Lord leads us as a shepherd to forgiveness and healing with those in our life that we're in conflict with, our enemies. God does this work. 
his love, justice, mercy at work in our heart. He leads us to the table. And it was around the table that Jesus broke the bread and he shared the cup with his enemies. Not just Judas, but all of us. We were all once enemies of God in our sin, objects of wrath. But instead of judgment and death, our Lord came and invited us to the table where he would give us life and on a cross to, to once and for all make peace with us. He who had done no wrong, no sin, we had done all the wrong and all the sin, but he's the one who made the sacrifice to bring us back in together again. And all who come to the table, all who come to him, find grace and forgiveness and peace with God. The Lord is our shepherd. He not only does this in our relationship with him, but he's always working in our life, leading us to reconciliation with our enemies, our family, our friends, our neighbors. We will fight God on this, even though he has forgiven us for so much more than he is asking us to forgive them. Still, we will refuse to forgive or love or receive another. We will choose walls uh, that divide us. We will throw stones. We will turn away from those he is asking us to love and to have mercy on. But Jesus will always call us to the table with our enemies asking us to really look at them, to love them, to forgive them as we have been forgiven. The Lord is our shepherd and he is the healer of every broken relationship in our life. He's the one who helps us make peace. And then fourth and finally, I wanted to mention that this Psalm 23 ends with the words, and goodness and love will follow us all the days of our lives, even the bad days are a good day with God because his goodness and love is in them. And then it says, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What David is saying is that not only do we have the fellowship and the goodness and the love of God in all the paths we have to take in all the valleys every day, but we have this forever. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me will live even though he dies. Jesus is talking about forever. He's talking about eternity, life after death with him. Jesus told his disciples before he ascended into heaven, he said, surely I will be with you always to the end of the age. When you give your life to Christ, it's forever. When you believe in him, there's never a moment you're apart. He enters your life and he stays with you now and forever. He lives in you through the Holy Spirit. One day he'll take you to be where he is in heaven and you'll get to see him face to face and you'll be with him forever. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Our Lord laid down his life that we might be with him forever. And that Hebrew word forever implies through the years. It is more than my brain can comprehend. Eternity is too much for me to understand. But I know this, that all through the years, he has been there for me. And every year to come, he will be. This day, my God is with me. And every tomorrow, he will be too. Amen. Have a wonderful Sunday. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. We hope you are able to join us in worship again soon. 
To stay up to date with all of Bethlehem Covenant Church programs and events, head to bccwaverly.org.